Hello and welcome to another episode of You Haven't Seen That, the podcast where we watch films that I, Eric, missed as a child and a young adult. Um, <laughs> I'm joined as always by the guy who didn't miss any. Nope. <laughs> Chris. How's it going, everybody? And Chris, what are we watching this time? Uh, we've got one that's a huge, I would say almost one of the biggest ones for me as a kid. And the one... I really wish it was one of the biggest ones for me as a kid. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Our family grows. The city itself will be our playground to use as we please. Rewarding ourselves and punishing our enemies. We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. There is a new enemy. Freaks of nature. Together, we will punish these what the heck was that? Looked like sort of a big title. Yeah! I love being a turtle! Yeah, so, like... I loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so much as a kid, but I owned zero toys, mm -hmm. watched zero of the shows, and missed the movie. <laughs> so you, you really, you're like Charlie Bucket looking in the candy shop Pretty window. Much. Yeah, I was just staring in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I just wanted, that. I just thought they were so cool. Yeah. And then, I'm assuming it's one of those ones where you got to a certain age and you were just like, I can watch this now, but I have no interest in watching that now. Yeah, more or less, like, because it was just so big when we were, what, five, six, seven? Yeah, well, the, the, t the animated series started in Yeah. And then uh, the first movie is 1990. So. Yeah, so that's it. Like, when we were young, it was already big and then kind of kept pushing through. Oh, yeah. So um, it was at that age where a lot of my friends had the action figures and things like that. I'm like, oh, wow, an airship thing. Yeah, like the giant blimp. Yep. Yeah, the big blimp <laughs> yeah. and stuff. I'm like, I want that. Yeah. It, it was honestly... I. I mean, you know, don't have kids or anything at the moment, so I'm not mm. kind of... My, my finger's not on the pulse of what's big with no. kids at the moment. <laughs> but how big that was, like, yeah. all the toy commercials and just yeah. everything. It, it was, was like, everywhere, wasn't it? It was almost like the last big push of those, like, you know, late 80s, early 90s kind of toy-centric cartoons. Yeah, we were talking about it last night. Yeah, it, it's almost <laughs> that thing where the, the TV show existed... Purely as a giant commercial for the toys, kind of like the yep. GI Joe series yes. and things. So. Yeah, and and like we're talking about, like even like movies like RoboCop, R-rated movies had toys for kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was so messed up. Like yes. I had Alien toys as a kid, yes. and you're like, why? It's a great kids movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but granted, I was one of those weird kids who did see Alien. Yes. Yeah, so, there's yeah. no chance I would. Have, I think I didn't even know Aliens existed. Um, so I guess like we should jump into this. Like, what what do you, what do you know about the turtles? Um, that they're named after famous Italian artists. Mm -hmm. They live in the sewers. They're guided by a rat. And they eat pizza and do sweet ninja tricks. And they've all got their unique weapons. All right. That, that's a pretty concise little summer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Shred is the bad dude. Yes. Well, the main bad dude amongst others. Rightio. And <laughs> in terms of the film, like, what do you... Are you just assuming it's kind of an extension of the TV series, or...? Well, that's a very good question. No, I'm expecting it to be sort of standalone with a link. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that it's going to be a little bit of an origin story kind of thing. I don't. Mm -hmm. I would imagine it wouldn't be too much assumed knowledge, and I'm going to imagine that the rubber costume is going to look super dated. <laughs> but at the time, as a kid, I thought they would just look so awesome. Yeah. Which yeah. is really quite hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> No, I don't think so. Like, yeah, it's it's back. Well, I mean, I mean, that was the prime time for practical effects. So yeah, and I love me some practical effects. So um, yeah, no, I, I I have no idea what the plot will be. I'm assuming Shredder's got to be in it because he's like the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and um, are you expecting Krang, the weird little alien brain creature alien that lives brain? inside the stomach of a robot man he built? <laughs> there was this alien dude from Dimension X named Krang. 
Well, he was this war criminal who'd been banished to Earth and had his body taken away. So he was using Shredder to build him a new bot. Excellent. I want you to add to it this molecular amplification unit. But why? Saki, you fool! Don't waste time! Your forces are depleted! The turtles are on their way! I'm expecting him to be... <laughs> I hope so, because that would be great, but I'm expecting Bebop and Rocksteady. Okay. Because they were pretty integral, from my understanding. Yep, they, but... were, they were the goons. So, yeah, they yeah. were the main goons. But um, beyond that, no. Um, maybe we'll have the all-star everybody's in it. Um, this, is, this is like my education. This is my, like... <laughs> Here, Eric... Like a long time ago, this is this is what you. This is what you wanted. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like I, I I know round the twist like back to front. Yeah, I I watched quite a lot of Australian television and things like mm. that, but um, I really wanted to watch this one. I didn't, and then it just the, you know the time passed by, and that was that. And you just yeah never kind of popped up on your radar again to be like yeah. let's watch this exactly, yeah. and it sort of, I guess it's sort of the animated series sort of tailed off. Around the time I was getting into it was when it was sort of tailing off, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to quickly look up, like, when that actually finished up. Because if it's... I'm imagining it probably ended around, like, 92, 93. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, about the time... 96! It kept going that long, did it? Yeah. Oh, man, I was totally... So, what, nine seasons? <laughs> wow. I was totally into Captain Planet by then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Widget the World Watcher. I had my other cartoons. Oh, yeah, all those <laughs> wonderful like Ted Turner created like yeah. pro environmental pro environment. And yeah, all clearly listened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess should we just jump into it then? Yeah, I'm just expecting a lot of fun. I guess so. Just very quickly, though, yeah, this yeah. was a huge one for you. Did you watch the movie a lot of times or mostly? Oh, yeah. <laughs> had this on um, VHS. Watched it infinite times. Did the VHS um, die basically? Pretty much. Like I. There was, like, when I was a little kid, it was, like, the first obsession was uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. Like, the yep. OG Ringo Starr run of that. Yes, yeah, I got a lot of that. And then, from that, shifted to Turtles, and yep. was just, like, I had Turtles bed sheets, I had, like, the toys, like, I was, yeah, yep. dialed in. So. Yeah, I think we, we probably had a lot of Disney, mm-hmm. and then also had, like, Land Before Time and Fern Gully and those sorts of things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm. lots of crying in my household. <laughs> Emotional, <laughs> such emotional films. Yeah. Well, no, I cried at this one as well. This gets. Oh, really? Yeah. This is gonna tug my heartstrings. Oh, we'll, we'll see. But um, no, I've, <laughs> I've seen this film. I, I could, I haven't seen this, and I'm estimating 15 years. Maybe. Awesome. I'm sure there was at some point I was like drunk or high at film school, and was just like, let's watch Turtles. that. <laughs> <laughs> I and yes, yeah, so I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I reckon I can sit here and probably quote along to this film almost. So. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, yeah, let's let's get stuck into it. Let's do it. All right. So, that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh man, it was it's, it's finally been viewed. Yeah. <laughs> And how do you feel? Um, I feel as a kid that would have been freaking sweet. Yeah. And as an adult, it felt like a movie made in the 1990s. Not yet. Very <laughs> much so. Um, I guess for those that haven't seen it or like missed out on it yep. as well, do we want to do a little bit of a plot synopsis? Yes. So New York, surprise, surprise, there's a crime spree going on. Yeah. New York in the late 80s late is 80s. apparently very crime ridden. Yep. <laughs> Um, and gangs are stealing lots of electronics for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. We'll get back to that. Um, and, um, and, uh, and a reporter, April O'Neil is looking into it, I guess. She's the investigative reporter. And then she gets saved from a mugging by mysterious green folk, the turtles. Yes. And then their rat lord splits up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Their mentor yep. um, gets gets taken eventually, um, fairly early on, I guess, and um, and they have to find themselves as a team, work together as a team. I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, that's that's what they're going for, pretty loosely, I guess. Like, yeah, you know, it's never explicitly kind of said. But no, then, there's yeah. never like that really well constructed, like oh, individually you are weak, together you are strong. It's it's it, what it's, it's there. It's there. Yeah. So and then anyway, and, and it, it rolls from there, and. Um, and there's a mysterious force that seems like something that happened once in Japan. Yeah, it's a movie where like a lot happens, but 
not a lot happens. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. It, it's really based in the sense of like you know they there's a crime spree going on done by this you know disaffected youth. Yeah, who are created like in a gang that's almost like a cult being built up. Yep. And so they just stop with them. <laughs> yeah. That's that's actually it. Yeah. Yep. But okay, can we we'll, we'll start back with. Yeah. How you mentioned the foot, the foot Clan. The Foot Clan, which is a uh, interesting name. It's a play on um, back in the, like the comics when they first came out. Uh, yeah. Eastman and Laird, when they wanted, when they made them, uh, they were like, "Oh, let's just make the most ridiculous, like tongue in cheek, kind of over the top, kind Damn of piss take on comics." And so the Foot is a play on the Hand Gang from the Daredevil comics. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's like even that level. <laughs> really? Okay. But. You mentioned, like, they're stealing, like, electronics and yeah. stuff. There's, You're like, there's... okay, there's got to be a reason for this. Yeah. It, I don't... I don't think there is. No, it's I, never explained. I, and they're not... They don't even seem to be, like, on-selling them. They're just, like... Hoarding them. <laughs> so, okay, what I'm wondering is, are they doing it to build their super, super awesome 90s lab? Oh, man, if you were a kid, like, why wouldn't you leave your family to live down there? I know, there's pinball <laughs> machines and kids playing poker with cigars yeah, and just skateboard like, ramps. And you get to choose your cigarettes. Check it out, man. Anything you guys want, we got. Anything you want to do, do it. You know what I'm saying? Anything. You got any cigarettes? Regular or mental? It reminds me, honestly, of like the Hook Lost Boys. I was like, thinking the same thing with the with the skateboard ramps or something like this. Is yeah, just like Hook, exactly. <laughs> it's okay. So, are they stealing all of like the electronics and all that to build up this lair to then help brainwash the cult aspect of the Foot Clan? Is that? I, I don't think that's, that's ever really properly. <laughs> I actually think it's, it's the just, best of what yeah, I got. The, the motivation for Shredder doesn't even seem to exist. And it, yeah, that's the thing. He just seems... You never get a clear motivation for why he's the villain other than he's just a bad dude. He's just a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just... He's he's taken his ninja training but left out the, the peaceful side of it. Yes. And he's just a nasty ninja as opposed to ninja for peace. Yeah. Or whatever. Which which then splinter kind of... Which brings... I mean, spoiler alert, his demise at the end. Mm. Like, yeah. But yeah, so so this real, it's a funny one because yeah, the, the motivation behind Shredder and his gang is that doesn't actually appear to truly be one. No. It's just Shredder's a bad guy. And is, is it, do you reckon it's just the filmmakers being just like, that doesn't matter, we don't need so. that. It's yeah. just focusing purely on the relationship between the turtles. And I that's think so. What we're, that's what we're doing. Yeah. So it doesn't, we just need generic faceless bad guy yep. who's kind of tied into the whole origin story yeah, to some degree. The head bad guy, the recognisable bad guy. It, it, it's going back to like that wonderful um, like old classic trope of a villain that's recognisable in silhouette. That you yes. can just be like, yes, okay, I know yeah, that that it's is... that guy. Yeah. Or like, like the Joker. He just has to laugh off screen. Yeah, so, something like yeah. that where you're just like, I know immediately... Yep. A signifier of he okay bad guy <laughs> yeah, bad bad dude in the house and Shredder has spikes all over his body so he's a bad guy yeah he's he's bad because he's spiky <laughs> yes um, <laughs> so yeah but it's a funny one because it's it's almost more the relationship between yeah the turtles is definitely there but it's almost the relationship between Splinter and the turtles it's like father and his children yeah kind of that's almost the bigger theme at the end and which is like actually wonderfully kind of mirrored in the uh, storyline of Danny like yeah. the little kid and the relation fractured relationship he has with his father seeking approval and yeah or just being ignored or whatever's going on there he's like the human kind of uh, facsimile for Raphael I guess to some degree yeah. like yeah yeah Raphael and his um his his rash. Yeah. He just sort of, I don't know. It's funny, like Donatello and Michelangelo kind of just equal comic relief. Which is interesting because in like the cartoon series and things, Donatello was like the smart one. That's what I thought, wasn't it? And, and Michelangelo's the derpy one in a way. He's it? the comic relief like the one. The out sort yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, Raphael's like the impulsive loose cannon. And, and then... Michelangelo's the calm leader. Uh, Leonardo, sort of. yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Mm. But yeah, in this, they kind of. I didn't need a smart one. No, and it's interesting <laughs> that they chose, like, the film really centres on Raphael as well, which is kind yeah. of interesting. Because you'd cool. think the obvious choice would have been Leonardo. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was quite, I guess, yeah, you could have, if they went down the, they went down the path of 
you know, together as one is stronger. So that makes sense to have the loose cannon kind of... To go off on his own and then have to kind of come back from that and realising working as a team is better. Yay, teamwork. Teamwork (laughs) is the win. Love your family. Yeah. But um, I guess the big thing, whenever I mentioned that, like, we were going to be doing this episode, Mm. a lot of people were like, oh, wow, um, it's going to be interesting to hear your reaction on... Like, we, compared to, like, the cartoon series and, like, what yes. you knew of that and how it's quite light and fun and, mm. yeah, just <laughs> very bright and happy, this is kind of dark. It's, it's a weird combo, isn't it? Because, like, a lot of it is is super light. Yeah. Like, when they get back from their first little, when they protect April the first time and they come back and they're Californian surfers. I suggest we all meditate now on the events of this evening. We'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) And they're saying radical and all that sort of stuff, and they're really chilled out. They're ordering pizza on the phone. He throws a phone book at them and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff like slide whistles periodically in fights and things. And just thunk, thunk sort of noise, like real good, like sound booth stuff. Yeah. Um, So he's got real light moments with that, and even the final fight with all the goons and things like that. There's just a heap of... Oh, it's like the Michelangelo and Donatello having like back and forth pun battle on shell puns. Hey, Don, looks like this one's suffering from shell shock. (laughs) Guess we can really shell it out. (laughs) Well... It was a shell of a good hit. Yes, exactly. Um, so those moments are really light, but then um, there's just a couple of darkish. I guess I, th- I th- thought it balanced out pretty well, actually. Mm, okay. I guess yeah. Obviously, I didn't watch the cartoons, um, which in my understanding they were pretty light. Basically, they were cartoons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they were true to the, the cartoon format. Um, but I still think I can still call it a pretty light-hearted film. Yeah, I um, think it's it's people that grew up with it. I. Th- Thing like um, yeah. you remember the real like I have vivid vivid memories of like Raphael in the bathtub and like the brutality of him being thrown through the stain like the yes. skylight and how it's actually kind of yeah. violent and it is and it's it, the way the film's shot as well is not particularly light and fluffy it is no it's quite dark it's quite dark yeah. and grayscale and like interestingly constructed that and I'm I'm wondering if that's Kind of taking off from Batman, 89 Batman, mm. taking that, that sort of source gritty. material and trying to go kind of gritty and more stylized with it, I guess. Yeah, and is, or is there an element also of just like, these are dudes in rubber suits, let's just keep the lighting a little low? I think that's... <laughs> as, as we see in that one shot where you accidentally oh. see... <laughs> you see his demon soul inside him. Oh, you have to explain that one to the, the it, listeners. It's pretty amazing. There's one freeze frame. It's pretty famous on the internet now of... Um, <laughs> Like Donatello is laughing too hard, and you can see the human performing inside his mouth, and it's the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> yeah, you can see eyes and a mouth inside his mouth. It's <laughs> disturbing. It's pretty wonderful. <laughs> but it, I guess, like, I'm um, doing the bit of research and stuff for this. I found that the producer of the film, um, what was his name? <laughs> Mark Friedman. He was um, basically. Because the uh, cartoon and toy line stuff had been a huge hit. Yeah. That he was like, all right, if we if we want to succeed, we're going to have to actually step away. We can't just do that. No. We're going to have to step away from that and, you know, try and be original and do something different. Yeah. So instead of just doing a version of the cartoon show, they went back to the original source comics. Ah, uh, okay. Which are kind of dark. Yes, and you've told me up. about them, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting take to kind of get... Like, take something that's, like, super popular and just be like, yeah, but we're going to do it a little bit different. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, yeah, you could take an easy route, um, but I guess it had already been done. So, yeah, it was probably a pretty good move, and I, th- I think it worked for the most part. I I think that the joke writing was terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, these sorts of movies, like the, the the fact that I'm, I honestly think the puns were pretty much the best jokes in the whole film, that says a lot, I think. <laughs> yeah, we noticed that, like, a lot of their humour is it's just aimed at the wrong audience yeah it's reference based yeah. like he's making like moon r- moonlighting and like Vanna White jokes yeah which and, like, I guess is even, era specific but like but ch- children <laughs> yeah kids don't watch moonlighting <laughs> <laughs> and like his the, the impressions he did he did Rocky fair enough I guess yeah and Cagney mm, you dirty rat 
You killed my brother? You dirty rat? Mm. Well, kids love Cagney, so... <laughs> we'll give him that. <laughs> so, it is. It's just... And, yeah, just some of the jokes. And also. the weird thing is, in the context of the film, they're supposed to be 15-year-old kids. Mm. So... Yeah. yeah. It's just odd. They're just... Um, you know, I'd expect the puns and that sort of stuff, but just the, the, the simple little, like... Straight Fighter had better jokes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it is a bold thing. But do you think it's possibly them being like, well, we've got to put a little something in there for the parents to uh, yeah, give them a I, chuckle, possibly? I think but... so, yeah. Because, look, it's obviously quite a long time ago, but when you watch, like, well-written kids' shows and, and movies now, they do have stuff in there, like Pixar and all that stuff. Yeah. For the parents as well. Like, that's why they're so successful. The kids connect and the adults connect so yeah, well. Yeah, so you can watch it on that multiple level and enjoy it at any age. Like Adventure Time. I'll yeah. always go back to that. Yeah. That's, that's written for adults, but animated for children. Yeah, <laughs> and they found this wonderful balance. Yeah. And is that is that possibly what they're trying to do here? It's like I'm taking if something... Yeah. Literally, I... It's so fun to say out loud. The du- it is the dumbest title out of anything ever made. It's right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, like the only things dumber movies. It well, like they tried. They tried to make the dumbest name ever. Yeah. Um, and then, just the origin story in this context, the way it's even told by Shredder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by Splinter, sorry. <laughs> just the footage, Super Eight footage. I kind of love that though. Yeah. It's, it's a visually unique thing of whenever there's a flashback, it's shot in Super Eight. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, yeah, I originally like, oh, this is odd. And I'm like, oh, no, no, it works really well, actually. I, I think that's like, because I was kind of worried, like having not seen this for years and years, that it was going to be an absolute chore to watch. Yeah. But there's some really interesting stylist, like stylized visuals here that make it kind of engaging as an adult to watch. Yeah, so. like you were saying that that moment when um, Shredder first walks in and it's that above shot with the lighting behind him in yeah. silhouette. It's, it's a good shot. And the camera kind of slowly sweeps down and mm. then it like gets down and like, you know, puts him in a high angle shot and there's all the kids around and you're like, oh wow. Yep. And then his lackey comes and undresses him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there was a similar one, like after Raphael's had like the, went out to go see Critters and made fun of Critters. How dare you? That Come on, great. Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You wish you were Critters. Ugh. Where did it come up with this stuff? <laughs> no, it's just because it was also a new line film. <laughs> I was assuming there was something like that in there. Yeah, and had his first cut in a fight with Casey Jones. He comes back and Splinter has like this big monologue to him about the idea of how you're so impulsive and you need to be able to be mm. open to teamwork and yada yada. It's done in this really beautiful one shot. Yeah, it was kind of sweeps around both of them and like the framing is great and the lighting. Yep, and the... And- to keep the animatronics going well through that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great. And I was that was when I first really... Because that was... I think because it was a long shot, I was actually like marvelling at the eyes. Yeah. Because they use like very glassy eyes, so they look a little bit alive. And then the blinking is used at really appropriate moments. So just things like that. It actually humanises it. Yeah, to a I was point. like, this, yeah. how does this work? It's a rubber turtle... <laughs> Mask and, and a, a rat, ja- and the rat that looks exactly like a skexy. Trial by stone. Trial by stone. Um. Well, I think that's all credit to, like, obviously the Jim Henson company. Yeah. Like, this, they got the right people on. <laughs> yeah, and it's interestingly, this is the last film Jim Henson ever was associated with before he died a month after it came out. Really? And okay. he apparently hated it. Yeah. Look. He um. Yeah. What did he say about it? <laughs> He said that uh, he viewed the violence as excessive, pointless, and not his style. Um, however, the guy that directed the film, uh, mm. Steve Barron, had directed the first episode of uh, the Jim Henson series, The Storyteller, with John oh, Hurt, yeah. and kind of set the visual style and tone for that, so he kind of, as a favour, helped him out. Ah, uh, okay. And had that relationship and shorthand with him, yep. so... Yeah, but it's it's great, and it holds up, I think. It actually does, yeah, like you go back and you're watching a, yeah animatronic film from, the, from 1990. Yeah, the, there's quite a few shots where you see, like, the neck seam. <laughs> yes. But beyond that, like, the design of the turtles themselves aren't over-the-top and cartoonish, like they no. become in later films. Yeah, because I, when, when the movie started, I'm like, oh, that's right, this, this is a... The slightly more 
shall we say, realistic this, booking this, suits. This is the Tim Burton before we get the Joel Schumacher. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. Those later ones where they have really boggly eyes. <laughs> I'm trying to load up a picture to show Eric like where it goes. Oh, all I can picture is that live rock and roll performance we were talking about. Oh. Off, camp, um, off mic. <laughs> the turtles coming out of their shell. Come on, everybody, sing it with me! Out of a shell! That's that's amazing. Yeah, I may have a couple of hours in my life that I don't care about that I might watch that in. It, it's it's worth a look just for the sheer <laughs> what. <laughs> but like how like they just blew out the eyes, made them overly cartoony. I feel and yeah, they're really cartoony. So that's by ninety three. It's by the third movie. That's the yeah. third one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that this it's not a drastic difference, but these they look a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, in there's, there's a or something. To the, I can't to believe the... we're discussing the re- <laughs> the realism of Ninja Turtle costumes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it, it does matter when you're making <laughs> this kind of film. Yeah, it's and a, I yeah. honestly think I would prefer to watch people in animatronic costumes than I would to watch CGI versions, which is what's ended up happening with yeah. the Michael Bay produced turtles, mm. like. No interest in that. <laughs> no, but it's interesting because you watch like re- I was thinking about that movie. I haven't seen the Michael Bay ones. I remember seeing a trailer, and I heard that they weren't as bad as people, you know. But if you were an adult movie reviewer reviewing this, even in the nineties, I doubt you could give it a good score. I I was I, I what do you could, reckon? I could give this an okay score because, like I said, there's a lot like there's parallels in the narrative and the character development and growth. Like there is a beginning, middle, and end. Characters learn, grow, overcome adversity. There's yep. symbolism. There's, yep, there's true. all the stuff that's there. I just felt like some, like, if, if we're going full critical. Yeah. Just because. Oh, it's like, again, I, it wouldn't get above a three star. No, 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 <laughs> but, exactly. Because um, it's hard as an adult to appreciate a film like this. Like I said, as a kid, this would have been amazing. Yeah. And growing up with this would have been amazing. And I wonder if as a kid I watched the current day Michael Bay ones, if I would have loved him, probably. Probably, because... Uh, it, it just... <laughs> probably. Yeah, true. <laughs> it is very true. Like, yeah. Like, they've just got silly jokes and they got the goofiness. And... I, I would love to see the reaction of a kid who loves the Michael Bay turtles. <laughs> and then you sit him down and show him I this. Think... It's strange being back on the old farm. Even after all these years, it still feels like home. That'd be it. You watch or watch this one first, and then watch. You've got to. Just, we're not the target audience for these films. No, but, but like I, I very, have a feeling a kid would be bored out of their mind watching this. Yes. Like, so. why are they at the farm doing nothing? Yeah. <laughs> why aren't they, burping why aren't they like things? snowboarding down a mountainside, <laughs> like all in one shot? Like, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Oh man, <laughs> love it. But no, I, I think the film. It's like you said. I thought it was going to be a chore to watch this one, yeah. but it's. I was thoroughly entertained, like the whole way through. Like, yeah, I enjoyed it, it. There was enough in there to watch it as an adult and appreciate, yeah. like, okay, yeah, story beat and arc and character growth and yeah. simile and like um, parallels between. And not too long. Like if, yeah. if they tried to flesh out Casey and April's relationship more and things, and then also like fleshed out the Raphael story a little bit more, just to kind of give it a tighter sort of. Conclusion: It would have ended up like two hours long. That's and then it wouldn't have worked. There's a whole bunch of deleted scenes of that specifically. Oh, it's okay, all the yeah. time that they're at the farm. They're using that to kind of flesh out and build the relationship between April and Casey. Yeah, and also the training montages and stuff for them. Yeah, like they go on for a lot more, and it's them learning to grow and fight as a team. But then, I mean, obviously in the edit, they've realised like, no, we don't. We can't. It, it's apparent anyway. Yeah. Like, that's... You get that, essentially, when it's the fire scene with, um... Yeah, both Force Ghost Splinter comes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's true. So they could have made that a bit tighter. But, yeah. Um, I didn't know Casey was a character. Oh, okay. I'd never heard of Casey. Casey Jones, yeah. I, I, I don't just... remember how much he was in the cartoon. No. I know it was for sure because there's toys and stuff of him. Yeah. Um, and he was definitely in the comics as well, yep. so... Yeah, because yeah, that came out of the blue um, for me. You're like, well... I'm like, what? 
I want one of the turtles to fall in love with the human woman. And I'm like, <laughs> it's a little interspecies erotica. And I'm like, hang on, no, that does not work. No. Like, no way to work unless... And also, Eric, they're 15. Come on. That was never mentioned. They yes, never... it was. It's it really? says 15 years ago, I found some baby oh, turtles. did he? Okay. Turtles have different ages. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're like dogs years. They're yeah. actually in their late they're 40s. They're actually 40-odd, which is... Weird as well. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I love it how he's just like... He's just emotionally stunned to four year They've lived in sewers all their lives. Yeah. Like mole people. Um, <laughs> Is that why they, like, speak like Bill and Ted? Because they just yeah. watch TV and like, that's never it. actually interacted with proper New Yorkers? Yeah. Although, and Raphael only knows it because he goes to the movies in Brooklyn. Yeah, and he, and he gets in fights with cab drivers and yes. stuff. So that's why he talks like a real New Yorker. Yeah. While everyone else is just Keanu Reeves. Everyone else is Keanu Reeves. Alex Winters. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, Casey, I just love his his initial reveal. I'm like, oh, okay, there's another vigilante interested in bringing these people down. Mm. Um, He's not rich like Batman, so he's just stolen some sporting goods. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And he even has a cricket bat. It's a great use of a cricket bat. He used it bloody well. And and they got the terminology right and everything, and even the joke about no one understands cricket. I'm like... Yeah, great. Uh, cool. And then, oh, like, yeah. actually saying six runs, yep. like, well done. Yep. Cricket? Nobody understands cricket. You gotta know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Well played. And, and then, thankfully, in the finale, when he's getting beaten up by, um, I, th- I think it's Tatsu, um, Shredder's, yeah, like... right-hand guy. His lackey, um, f- you yelled out, thank God, he finds sporting equipment. <laughs> he just got thrown into a box of golf clubs. And, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. You just yell out, yes, his superpower. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone, like, threw the kryptonite out the window at that moment and he's, he got his powers back. He's a real opportunist. Like, he just, like, finds an implement and uses yeah. it. Whether it be a golf club or a garbage truck. Oh, he uses that garbage truck well. He Twice. Twice. He gets mileage out of it. Yeah, he gets double use out of the garbage truck. Which is a pretty dark ending for this kind of film. Like I was assuming Shredder would just... I'll get you next time. Yeah, but instead <laughs> he gets his head... He gets crushed in a trash compactor. Yeah, so... I don't want to spoil the future films. I don't know if I'm going to watch them anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. but, so he's not in number two? He is. There is a very ominous shot of the New York City dump and the camera slowly pushes in and a clawed fist comes out of garbage <gasps> and clenches. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's like this slow push in as garbage starts to shift away and he's like, Ah, turtles! <laughs> Yes. Ah, oh, that is so good. And what about Bebop and Rocksteady or the other guys? They, they, or is it just oh, human faces? They, they do like again? some weird rip on Bebop and Rocksteady in the second one where I think their names are like Toka and Raja or something. Okay. And it's like, it's a puppy and a snapping turtle or a wolf and a snapping turtle. Except, the- except they're babies. And so when they get grown up, super size, they're just infants who are like... <laughs> Because, yeah, that's what I was hoping for. I'm like, I wonder if he'll do the whole, like, Batman thing where so when, you know, one hero rises above, he gets brought up by the supervillains rise to oppose him. Yeah, exactly. You need the yin to the yang you to, like, more yeah, mutants have to balance fun. it out. Yeah, exactly. So no, they, they save that for the second one. Good. So, good. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the one thing the second one, it, like, the second one is just way too, it leans too much into like the cartoon element, like the opening fight sequence. Like in this one, where it's all of a sudden like a, the Raphael Sai hits the light and it goes yes. out and you're like, this is like a Batman. Yes. Yeah. Like we're talking about, we should re- re-edit this, <laughs> re-cut this with Batman in it. Yeah, it's, 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 which again, I can't help but think like it's taking its cues from the Burton Batman. Yeah. Oh, but yes. the first fight in the second one, it's at like a toy store and they're using like yo-yos and... Oh yeah, okay. They go down that road a little bit. Yeah, and of course the ominous Vanilla Ice. <laughs> oh yes, good on his, his other song. Yes. <laughs> oh man. But well, I meant to mention it before when you were talking about yeah, how a lot of this film was executed really well. I really liked the fight scenes. I thought to... We'll talk about it during it. Um, 
these guys are in big clunky turtle suits and oh, they yeah. choreographed some pretty decent fight scenes mm. to actually show off and at least allow some like sweet ninja skills oh all credit to the stunt team they yeah. it's like i'm sure they would have been really stripped down suits that were just like foam rubber and didn't have the animatronics but yes because they're a bit more distance shot for those those but still, they were... And the action was shot well. Like, yeah. you never... It's never that, like, tight, clunky action where you don't know what's happening. No. They know to shoot like, it in... like Transformers. Yeah, they know <laughs> to shoot it in a wide or a medium so you can actually see the full range and actually show off the stunts. It's not... Yeah. It's not bad. The best display of ninja skills, though, was Raphael rage dancing. Oh, yeah. Just punching out his rage on the rooftop. <laughs> it was... <laughs> After he has the fight with Leo, and you just like, we were just saying we need to have uh, never by moving pictures start playing. It's oh like it is literally that scene from Footloose where he's just so good. And in case he's like several buildings away on the roof with binoculars, is he a peeper? I think so. Doing? He's looking out for crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's the- some awful crime going on down there. <laughs> Well, like it, it nicely leans into some of the like tropes, I guess. Yes. Of having yeah. the boss who's always just like, "Oh, come on, they're up my ass." <laughs> the police chief. And then you've got the over-the-top angry '80s police chief. Oh yeah, that was just like that was great. <laughs> yeah. And of course, we we can't go by without mentioning uh in his wonderful role as head thug, we've got our <laughs> Sam, Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell. Oh, no. oh that's so funny! You, you're giving me a chance to try and pick it. I'm like, no, nah, I can't. He, yeah, as soon as you said it, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so young. <laughs> yeah. There's a few people throughout his it. Like, Dirty's awful. Oh, I know. He looks like a dirty little street kid. In he this. looks like a junkie. Yeah. Um, but then you've, we've also got um, Elias Codius as well, like mm-hmm. who I think yeah. is a great actor. And I probably haven't seen him in many things that, that I can think of off the top of my head but. The, the main big one that kind of pops to mind that you'd seen would have been Zodiac obviously yeah. like he's great in that and kind of became a bit of a Fincher regular because he's also in Curious Case of Benjamin Button oh is he? yeah oh. but um, to me I always think of uh, the amazingly messed up Cronenberg film Crash like he's incredible in that like, oh yeah yeah but um the like I want to point out like the, the Ninja Turtles there's one guy there was only one guy that was both in the suit and did the voice of yes and that was Raphael and it was done by an actor called Josh Pace okay that guy what that guy from all those TV shows yeah <laughs> he's With very the... distinctly one of those like oh my god yeah I've seen you in a million things yeah long long face close together eyes kind of like more serious Ben Stiller yes <laughs> Yes, yeah. so true. But he's, um, yeah, he was the only guy that played kind of both... In suit and voice. Suit yeah. and voice. But they did give, throughout the film, all of the actors who were in the suit got a chance to have a role outside of the oh, suit. Oh, that's very cool. Yep. Like, the only other one I know is uh, Michelangelo plays the pizza guy at the beginning who, like, oh, puts really? it down the sewer. Yep. Like, yeah. And I think the others are in there somewhere. Yep. But... Actually, we've got to mention April. I thought she she did a pretty good job. Yeah, Judith Hogue. Um, yeah. I was looking up, like, what else has she really been in? Mm. And Anything? Um, Armageddon. Really? Yeah. Where was she in Armageddon? She wasn't Luke Will, Patton, Will Patton's estranged wife. Oh. You know how he has, like, the like second-in-command guy, and he's got, yeah. like, he has the gambling problem. Yeah, and then he's got a... He goes yeah. and puts the rocket down, and then all of a sudden at the end, because she saw him on TV, you can see your kid again. That's right. Oh, yeah. you saved the world. So let's... I'll let you near your child. Yeah, yeah I think that that's her. Yeah. Um, but she's got, like, a massive IMDb list of, like, Just bits every pieces. TV show yeah. ever. So... Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I thought, like, April... Once again, I haven't seen the comics and stuff, but she, you know she's she's a, the go-getter kind of character, mm. and they gave her enough time to do that, and then she didn't do any fighting. But no. she also wasn't just like cowering in a corner. Yeah, she wasn't just window dressing. She actually served a purpose. Yeah, they, and... they tried to involve her in the fights where they could. Yeah, which is tricky when there's like, well, could have, they could have thrown her in a little bit more? They could have done the old saucepan to the back of the head trick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, they did that kind of at one point when she like the... bonks a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Bonks is the perfect word. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, she serves a purpose. She... It is, like, her reporting and stuff that, mm. like, builds and breaks the, like, the whole... And it has consequences on, um, on Danny and, yep. and, and his father and the police investigation. Well, not... And then the, lack of investigation. The idea to use her platform to try and push it further to draw them out of hiding so that they can try and rescue Splinter like this. Yep. 
Yeah. She she serves a purpose. She serves quite nice. a purpose, yeah. Which you unfortunately don't often see in 90s kind of actually no. kids movies like this. So that, no. that's that's a tick in the, yes, <laughs> in the yeah. positive column. Yes, it is. Yeah, they used it. She, she had proper purpose in a lot of them. And yeah, she was a strong purpose rather than just a meek or damsel in distress kind of purpose. And she played it well, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And considering she's got to act opposite rubber suits, rubber suits. Yeah. for most of the movie. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On that note, my favorite part of the whole film is Casey Jones's reaction to first meeting Splinter. Oh, it's the greatest little piece of, all right, sure. <laughs> this is my, this might as well happen now. Yeah. I've, I've met mutant turtles. Like what's another big animal. He's super calm about it yeah, as like, well. Oh yeah, it's a rat. And I, I, I think it's <laughs> after they have April's big reaction to meeting the turtles, they just forget it's a big deal because yeah, they've been on they've the, they've the been, reaction scene. Yeah. They've had the reaction scene. And then also they've been shooting the movie for two months. So they're used to seeing turtles. Yes. <laughs> so that they forgot that, People would freak out. Like, even Shredder should freak out a little bit. Yeah! Like, in his world, he's only ever fought humans, as far as I'm aware. Okay, I want to see, like, the realistic scene of, like, Splinter, like, revealing that I was the rat that clawed your face. In real real life, Shredder would be like, no way! (laughs) Like, this is the weirdest coincidence. He's so calm about it. He's like, good, I was waiting for you to come back. So I can, yeah, so I can murder you, tiny, I thought you were a tiny rat. Now you're slightly bigger. And I'm going to kill you now. So funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like all the goons running in to tackle these turtles that are like twice their size. And no one's just like, hey, can we talk about how weird this is? It's like fighting a den of ogres. Essentially, we- yeah. I just want one guy to be like, "Oh my god, demons are real!" <laughs> like, react like what are these monsters? I just want like a like a real like alternate reality where Hellboy crashes through a wall. Take care of it. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, like Shredder's plan, why he wanted to kill the turtles, wasn't because the turtles were stopping them doing crimes. It was just purely because they existed, yeah. and he was like, "They're freaks of nature. We need to kill them." Yeah, it was a bit eugenic, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> This film kind of had a little bit of odd racism <laughs> periodically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We'll leave that. There wasn't no, any no, blatant ones, but um, yeah, a couple yeah, of Yeah, some problematic. A couple of late 80s moments. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then finally, I guess, the the score. Oh, my God. It wasn't used a heap. No. But, like, when it, as a result, when it kicked in, you're like, oh, damn, synth. <laughs> that is some keytar, right? Yes. <laughs> like, oh, perfect timing. And it wasn't... It's... It, it pumps you up enough. It doesn't, like, dominate the moment, but it just, like, you're like, ooh, something's happening. This is great. Yeah. And then just sort of zones out. And then they had some just, like, great late 80s question mark. What hip-hop song is that? Yeah, it's just generic, generic. like, family-friendly hip-hop. Yeah, kids love this kind of music, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> this is what's, the, let's say, cool on the streets. <laughs> yeah, and what was the credits song? Uh, T-U-R-T-L-E. Yeah! <laughs> like, something like that. Our partners in crime with a K uh, and a Y. And a Y. Because <laughs> they're hip yo. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Did you have anything else? No. We missed anything? I don't think so. Yeah. As like as a kid, I think that would have been would have been great, obviously. Yeah. And I think the most fascinating question would be, yeah, like if. Like, I have no desire to watch the Michael Bay ones. No. Of course. Um, but, like, if I watched them as a kid, I think I would love them. Yeah. Fair call. You know, the same way I liked Juice Bigelow when I was young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say, like, it's... If it's randomly on in the background, like, an odd episode of the original cartoon series, just for yeah. quaintness, be like, oh, that's kind of cool and yeah. kitschy. Um, no other movies I think you need to watch. Um you do need to somehow seek out... I'm sure it's up on YouTube, the uh, v- straight-to-VHS uh, live concert coming out of our shells. Yeah. We're coming out, we're coming out, we're coming out, we're coming out of our shells. That's 
everyone I urge you watch that for sheer like that's the, <laughs> I want to call it hubris yeah <laughs> like the height of their powers what they, can we get away with yeah I've seen a little bit of footage and it is incredible it's it's nuts <laughs> it's just amazing speaking of keytars yeah who thought that was gonna work it apparently I mean, did, did so <laughs> they're laughing all the way to the bank oh um, speaking of which, do you want to hear how the film went? Yes, definitely. Flawless segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the film had a production budget of thirteen point five million. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And it went on to gross two hundred and one point nine million at the worldwide box office. Of course, it did. Adjusted for inflation, that's roughly three hundred and ninety million off of a twenty-six million dollar investment. Take that, Michael Bay. At the time of its release, it was the highest grossing independent film of all time. It's independent. Yeah, that's the what? other interesting thing I, we kind of what didn't get to. What studio wasn't smart enough to pick that up? All of them. <laughs> well, Apparently, like... yeah, when they went out and pitched, because um, they were trying to you know, do a little bit different and go back to the kind of source yeah, material. Side of things. Yeah, no yeah. studio... Except for a small production company in France and Germany wanted to invest in the project. They went to Warner Brothers, Columbia, MGM, United Artists, Orion, Paramount, and Warner Brothers, and they all turned it down, thinking that it was going to be a flop because Masters of the Universe, the He-Man movie, was a massive flop earlier. Yep. Okay, so there was some precedent they were afraid of. Yeah, and uh, so they made it as an independent film and Mm -hmm. finally found distribution uh, about halfway through production. They kind of showed sizzle reel and stuff. Yeah. And it got picked up by New Line Cinema, who had kind of built up a bit of steam being a horror label, like putting out things like their obviously huge hit was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. And then, you know, small little ones like, you know, Critters and whatnot. So, yeah, so it was up until, you know... um, I don't know what the film that kind of took it away, but yeah, yeah, it was the highest grossing independent film of all time as of 1990. Wow. Yeah. Uh, It was the ninth highest grossing film of uh, 1990, uh, coming in behind the film we've previously done, Home Alone. Yep. And uh, it was nominated for two Saturn Awards, uh, Best Fantasy Film and Best Costumes. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've got something kind of interesting this time where I do have some alternate casting. Okay, yep. And so I think who could actually be alternate. Yep, no, they could be. And I've got some alternate casting, and then I've got uh, alternate pictures. Oh, Alternate okay. versions of this film. Yep, yep. Um, so, the uh, alternate casting was obviously for April April O'Neil, and mm-hmm. we had uh, Jennifer Beals, Marissa Tomei, yep. Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, Melanie Griffith, uh, Winona Ryder, Brooke Shields, like, just whoever. Everyone around, yeah. yeah. I think um, Sandy B would have been... Should have been young. It would have been maybe, I think this is like two years before Demolition Man yeah. and stuff. So, um, oh, another one was Sean Young from like uh, Blade Runner and Ace Ventura. Oh, Shiro. yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lorraine Bracco from uh, Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few okay. people out there. Um, but yeah, try something new here. Alternate pitches. So uh, in the early kind of mid 80s, right around the time of the TV show kind of happening. Yep. Uh, East, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the creators of the comic, um, had a couple of uh, treatments pitched to them of like, we want to adapt this into a live action film. Yep. The first one came from the ultimate king of B-grade film, Roger Corman. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> at uh, New World Pictures. Uh, his idea was to have the turtles played by four comedians who were popular at the time. <laughs> they were... Okay, <laughs> they were Gallagher... You know, the guy that smashes watermelons with apples. Oh, wow, yes. Sam Kinison, Bobcat Goldthwait, and Billy Crystal. Wow. Uh, the actors would be dressed in turtle shells and have their arms and legs painted green. Well, that's B-grade for you, yep. Yep, and the other pitch uh, was to take it into a more schlocky R-rated territory, and it, the script apparently included a scene where the turtles fought partially nude nuns on roller skates. Are these legit? Yes, Wow, okay, okay that's a good segment. <laughs> I'll see if I can find yeah. like in the future more. Um, like, it won't be easy to find what always. Could have been. <laughs> that's, imagine if that had been done. I, this probably still would have happened. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Maybe not the way it did. It, it just I can't help but think like if it was the Corman version or the fighting nude nuns on roller skates, <laughs> that just makes me think of like the Toxic Avenger, like trauma esque <laughs> yes. kind of yeah. movie. So. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So. Ninja Turtles? <laughs> what, what, it makes 
Yeah, like you and said, it's like the dumbest name and even premise for anything. Yeah, so it just why became not? so huge. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> Imagine the toys that would have come with the nuns one. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's a fun movie, I think. Like, yeah. held up for me. Um, obviously, yeah. I as a kid absolutely loved it, and you've said you yeah, would have devoured definitely. it. So. Yeah, would have, would have gobbled that up. Yeah, and as an adult, there are worse things that you can put on. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I set them, yeah, like, nah, this is just this is just enjoyable. And the, my biggest intriguing one is, like I said, just the whole, you know, the Michael Bay ones, which we just dismiss, like, oh, why are they doing that? Yeah. Um, but when you watch this, you go, well, it's not as though this was, like, four out of five, five out of five star movie. No, no. So it's, it's just such an interesting sort of little thing to pose. But that being said, if I was, like, you know away for a weekend with friends or something and someone put on the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles I could see myself being like ugh whereas if someone put on this I'd be like okay cool I'll crack open a beer and watch this yes yeah so that's I don't know (laughs) like this is such an intriguing little thing Mm. but um I guess it's about that time to pick next episode's film from the hat yeah it is so next there's still a few left in here next time we're going to be watching oh finally Waterworld (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh god. I had I think I've actually seen like the last quarter of this film. Okay. I don't remember it. I, I what I remember most from it is the like the the set design and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, my question is now I, I think we go I think we still go with original classic 95 release. Yes. But recently just came out on Blu-ray is a director's cut. You told me that. Like over two hour long. Oh, like, fantastic. I, I kind of almost want to... I don't know. You don't, don't want to double do you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't put myself through. No, I think I'd watch it to be like... Oh, you could fill me in. Yeah. But I don't think I... I don't have the strength. <laughs> Speaking of films that are going to be chores to watch. Yeah. Uh, nah. Yeah, for you it will be. <laughs> At least nah. for me, it's the first time. I used to love it as a kid, so we'll see. Well, that's it. Like, I guess you just, we'll just look for the things that are good and yeah. entertaining. <laughs> and then um, have a great laugh about everything else. Exactly. See how Kevin Costner was considered an actor. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen him in many things. We've had the Kevin Costner discussion before, so mm. we'll have it here for real this time. Yeah, so I guess tune in a fortnight's time when we... Uh, dive into Kevin Reynolds' masterpiece Waterworld <laughs> um, yeah for this week's episode uh, thanks for listening uh, I'm Chris I'm Eric and we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.